What up, what up, what up? You tuned in to the Jose Morales Podcast, where we talk sports, business, and everything in between. I am your host, Jose Morales, and we're at my boxing academy. Joining me in the ring today is Dina Andrade. What's up, what's up? <laughs> and some of you guys, most of you guys probably know Dina from the gym. If you come to the gym, if you do not know her from the gym, and you've seen the fight posters that uh, we make when David fights and all that, she actually is in charge of that. Um, also, on the previous episode with Eric Andrade, this is her little sister. You know, when we talked about her, this is the <laughs> girl we were talking about. Um, another way, you probably know her, Dutch Bros. That's why we're drinking yep. Dutch Bros today. <laughs> shout out Dutch so, Bros. Yeah, shout out Dutch Bros. <laughs> she loves Dutch Bros. Uh, what do you usually drink at Dutch Bros? Uh, I have used to drink Rebel. I mean, what are they called? Rebels? Rebels. Yeah, Always Rebels. Rebels. Never coffee. I don't like coffee. Yeah, I don't drink coffee either. But um, I have like five favorite Rebels, and I usually go like Is that a rotate. Rebel? Yes. Oh, that's a Rebel? Yep. I didn't even know I ordered a Rebel. Well, usually if you say like the Aquaberry or like they, unless oh. you say it's a tea, then it's always going to be a Rebel. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was like a tea. I drink no. teas there. Black tea, uh, peach black tea, or the raspberry. I'm on the raspberry right now. Raspberry, black tea, baby. Yeah. I, Fire. I'm not that big of a tea person either. I don't care, Kelly. I don't care, Dina. <laughs> the reason why I said Kelly, I thought about Kelly. Check this out. So yesterday, I, I, Dina, uh, Kelly got us uh, Dutch Bros. I told, I gave her a specific order, a Dutch Bros for everybody. And I literally said the tea that I had. I said raspberry, raspberry black tea. I said it like thirty times. She showed up with a peach. <laughs> I'm like. I'm like, Kelly, I said it like 20 times. I'm, much, I'm a more clear. I hear that the peach black tea is good, though. No, it is good. It is good. But I, I, I think I, I mean, the thing that I do is when I, when I like something, I go hella hard at it. And yep. I get it and I get it and I get it and I get it. Yeah. And I think I've been getting it for way too long. So I got, I switched it up, got the raspberry, but the raspberry is fire. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's fire. It's hella good. <laughs> I'm a tea drinker. Um, anyways, so what we're going to talk about today with Dina Um. We're going to get into her boxing and get into her story, <laughs> get into what she does now, uh, which what exactly do you do now? Um, now I work at my church. I'm mm. technically a licensed minister. Mm -hmm. um, so I do that. And then I actually also do um, like a radio podcast show yeah. uh, that's on Thursday nights. Um, so that's what I do. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to get into kind of how she got there because yeah. I, I think similar to Missy's story. If uh, those that heard Missy's story, um, I really love how Missy's uh, why all the things that affected her life mm. really got her to where she is now in law enforcement yeah. and with fitness. And I feel like I feel like very easily people forget of what their uh, where their heart is. So yeah. they're so they're so. Um, following the hype seen right. on instagram people are flaunting money flaunting this and that and they're not really following their heart yeah you know what i'm saying you I, get what i mean by that definitely and i you know what i actually kind of ran from that for a long time for me because i didn't want to necessarily be a cliche yeah you know because people are like sometimes when you go through things people are like oh well okay that made sense they're only doing that because that's what they went through but i believe that i believe that there's a purpose for your life like a, a divine purpose set up for your life and I feel like sometimes people avoid what their life was meant for just because they don't want to be some type of statistic or cliche when oh. you're the one that kind of decides that for your life. You yeah. know, I, I never I thought of it like th that. That's me, though. That's just me. 
I never thought of it like that. Yeah. The, the way I thought about it is people, when they make career choices mm-hmm. or what they decide, decide to do with their life, first thing they come out to and think about it, if you think about it, listen to the conversations, how much money do they make? Right. That's like the first probably top one. Oh, yeah. How much money does it make? Yeah. And, and it, or when you talk to somebody, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm going to school for this because they make this amount of money. It's right. like the first thing right away. Right. Uh, versus thinking about what it is they love about it or what it is why they want to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's probably one of the things I love about you and that you're following your heart. You're not necessarily Thank following, you. oh, it makes this amount of money. Right. I love that. Uh, I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Like you guys already know mm-hmm. what I had. I had a great paying job and yeah. I'm like, that's not my heart. That's not my passion. And I'm following my passion, my heart, not because of the money, because of the impact I'm making people's lives. Right, and right. that's exactly what you're doing. And that is exactly why I love you. Thank you. And exactly <laughs> why I love what you do and what you stand for. And I thought it was great to share your story. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of things that I didn't even know mm-hmm. uh, until recently. Mm-hmm. And also uh, a very life-changing, tra- traumatic things that happened that I know for sure will help a lot of people because yeah. I know for sure a lot of people are dealing with that. Yeah. And what we're going to talk about really is sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, Dina actually, um, how do I say it? I'll let you say it. <laughs> what happened, Dina? Uh, well, I, it's kind of, it, it's crazy. Um, I don't necessarily like to say I'm like I'm a I'm a victim or, or anything like that. It does sound kind of cliche to say I'm a survivor, right? But I think it's I think that's really what it is. Whenever someone encounters any type of abuse, because um, yeah, not everyone survives that. That's exactly. true. You are a survivor. You can be you can become, you know, I guess a victim of it. Um, yeah. So, but um, I don't know. So I you know I'm I'm you know a daughter of like immigrant parents. My mom was in a really abusive relationship and she escaped that uh, relationship. We were living in San Diego and she had escaped um, the relationship and we moved up to Sacramento. Cause that's where like her side of the family is. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, you know, she became a single mom of three kids, like immediately, instantly she was an immigrant. She didn't really know much English um you know she just started looking for jobs because she had to like feed us so she ended up working like two full-time jobs we like never saw her we were sleeping in different aunts and uncles houses and stuff like that um and for as as young as i can remember i don't remember anything about living in san diego but i do remember you know when we lived here and we were living in different family homes um there was a you know a particular person in our lives um, that, you know, kind of took advantage of the accessibility that they had to, to me, you know, my mom worked two full-time jobs, so she depended on lot, a lot on the people around her to help with her kids, Yeah, you know, and I rightfully so she, you know, I think when you are in a, in a rough spot, it's no question to trust the people that are closest to you. It's yeah. just unfortunate that sometimes some of those people are, are, are people that you don't really know until their true colors get exposed later on. Yeah. Um, but I think I was like, 
because I, I what I, the first recollection I have of sexual abuse, I know it was before I started school. Because I remember my siblings would come home from school and they would be speaking English and I didn't understand a word of what they were saying. I was like, what is happening? And this particular person that, you know, my mom had uh, entrusted to help take care of us was already around and, you know, kind of present. Um, so I went through, I, I, I encountered sexual abuse, I think, until I was about, I was about to be 13. Um, and I finally was just kind of... Uh, I just was fed up. So before you were in school, so mm -hmm. this is like four years old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Till you were 13. Yeah. You were being sexually assaulted. Yeah. By this asshole. Yeah. <laughs> nah, and then what gets me mad, this is what gets me mad. Uh, what gets me mad about this is um, this asshole. I'm going to call him asshole this whole time. Okay. This asshole. Your words. Uh um was very close to eddie yeah mm -hmm. and if you know if you heard eric i told you he was recently on the podcast with me that's like my brother i'm mm -hmm. very close to him um he looked at him like his dad yeah no joke yeah i remember him talking to me and he was like bro i love him yeah you know i love this asshole like he loved him like yeah. he trusted him he he was literally like his dad. Yeah. And I remember asking him always like conversations about uh, like Father's Day or things like mm -hmm. that. And he would always bring him up. Mm -hmm. Like he obviously very much loved them and cared for him. Yeah. So to know that Eric had this relationship with him mm -hmm. and then behind Eddie's back and behind everybody, the whole family, he was doing this to you. Yeah. Bro. Yeah, that, I don't know, like how much more of a. You know what, though, to be honest, that's that's probably one of the reasons why it took me so long to say anything. Dang it, I'm I'm gonna cry, and I was like, tell myself I'm not gonna cry, I'm not gonna cry, but that's probably one of the reasons why I didn't say anything for a long time. I was used to being hurt. I was used to being like the one that could take the blows, and I didn't want to. Um. I didn't want any casualties along the way in my family just because I decided to, you know, I guess, speak my truth. And yeah. I didn't I didn't want to hurt my my mom because I didn't want her to feel any kind of guilt. I didn't want to hurt my brother because I knew that he was really close to him. You know, I didn't want to hurt. I, I didn't want to hurt his family and his kids because at the time I was close to his kids, too. Um, and I didn't I was used to being hurt. I was OK with it. Um, and that's probably one of the reasons why I didn't say anything for a long time, you know, and obviously when you're abused, you go through like this whole psychological cycle where they're telling you all these lies too of, you know, no one's going to believe you. Everyone's going to think, you know, you're wrong or you're going to get in trouble and you're going to mess things up. And when you're being told that since you're a child, you know, I think especially like in a Mexican household, discipline is really rough <laughs> yeah so the last thing you want is to be disciplined Dina's for like something always on the border of getting murdered by her mom <laughs> if you guys don't look at her ig story <laughs> Dina's like always so close to getting her ass kicked. <laughs> my mom is crazy <laughs> i love her <laughs> uh, no but uh so what was what tell me what, what what was it like like what i don't get it like i don't see how he got away with this with with for so long <clears throat> like what that's that's what's incredible to me like how did he go that's a good seven years yeah i think i think trust oh shit that was more than seven years. I, like, I, 
Damn. Yeah, I don't even know. What's the math? <laughs> like nine years or things like that. Um, I think trust played a huge factor. Um, I, you know, he he had the trust of you know my mom and and family around me and you know and it's not anything against towards anyone they just they didn't really something like i said sometimes you don't know someone's true colors until they're exposed later on mm-hmm. um and you know and I, and I think unfortunately it was just a situation that we were in too my mom had to work yeah you know she she had to work but where was everybody else like um eddie uh, brenda i mean we were all kids um so sometimes this was at your house it would be anywhere honestly you know uh, uh you know yeah i'd be anywhere um but my sister is seven years older than me my brother is four years older than me so you know at the as we got older you know my sister's got friends that she's gonna go hang out with yeah you know and my brother's you know got his friends that he w- was going to go hang out with. And sometimes it would just be me that he would be with taking care of. Right. Yeah. So, you know, how, um, how did you come to the conclusion that you're ready to speak up? Like, how did that go about? Well, um, I think it was a combination of things. You know, my, my brother actually started taking me to church when I was about 11. Um, yeah, I think he, ma- I think, for the record, I think Eddie made everyone go to church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, there was a season where it was like, you know, he if you stayed the night at our house on Saturday, you were going to go to no, church yeah, on Sunday. There was no, no question. There, yeah, there's no answer about it. <laughs> but he, he learned me into that. That ass, yeah. that fucking, fucking Eddie. Because I'm over here trying to kick it with Eddie. And then I, yeah. I go over there. I'm like, what the hell? How did I end up in church, Eddie? Like, we were supposed to kick it today. And we're in church. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so he that's, what, did the church play a role in, like, getting you to speak up um not the church necessarily because no one in the church knew either mm-hmm. i think everyone found out around the same time when i actually spoke up about it but for me um <clears throat> i started feeling when i'd go to church you know i'm a huge believer in in god and in like that you know there's a greater being out there that you know yeah so i i felt i started feeling a lot of um I started feeling a lot of like life impacting moments in, in my church when it was like with worship and going mm-hmm. to like youth camps and stuff. Um, and then I got, I kind of got, I think I, for me, there was a, a point where I kind of just kind of snapped and I was like, enough is enough. And I'll never forget it. The day that I finally said something, I was walking home from school and I knew that he was going to be at my house waiting for me because he was going to give me a ride to my church that night. And I. How old were you? 13? I, I was about to be 13. Okay. So middle school. Yeah, I was middle school. Okay. And the abuse got so intense where there wasn't a time where I, if I saw him, you know, so there was, there was, was gonna, like, like. Like a uh, full on sex or is it like, was he just touching and grabbing? Like what, what, what exactly is, was it as far as abuse? Um, it was everything besides penetration. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, without, I mean, obviously without getting too vulgar, it was like everything besides that. I mean, and, and this was like that the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it grew and it got, way it more started. Intense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it started, you know, 
obviously really subtle and then it just kind of you started getting more comfortable and more comfortable yeah definitely um so keep going so you're on your way to you're on your way home from school mm -hmm. i was on my way home from school Mm -hmm. i'd gotten dropped off at the from the bus stop i was with one of my good friends at the time and she lived like down the street from me and I knew he was going to be there and I knew what was going to happen because like I said, there was, it came to a point where anytime I saw him, it didn't matter where it was. I already knew what to expect because it was just something that he had already established. Does that make sense? Like I just kind of already knew what was coming. And so I remember we got to the corner of where like her house was across the street to the left and then my house was to the right kind of around this curve and I had I was able to see his truck and I just stopped there and I started crying and my friend was like what the heck just happened because we're just walking home from school it was a regular day and I told her I said I don't want to go home I don't want to go home and she was like why what happened what's going on and I said can we just go to your house I don't want to go home and I, I went to her house and I remember I just cried for a long time and then her mom was kind of nervous and she was like, what's going on? Like, I don't know. And then I just kind of ended up telling her mom. So I stayed at my friend's house um, and we kind of hid out there. <laughs> she had me hiding out there and her mom went around like our neighborhood in her car to try to see if he was still there. And he was there for a long time. He waited there for a long time and then eventually he left. And then I think he ended up calling my mom and was saying, oh, Dina never came home. I don't know where she went. And so then I had called my mom and told her, hey, I'm at, you know, my friend's house. So just tell me when you get home. And my mom was like, what the heck? This is weird. So my friend's mom told me, you know, she she told me, she's like, you have to tell your mom or I'm going to have to tell your mom. So that night I when when I finally went home, I had that conversation with my mom and I had told her. And then from then on, it was just oh i mean it got worse to be honest worse like well so i want to know what your mom said because i wish i was there during that time i already know your mind was pissed (laughs) off oh my mom was angry so my mom when she gets when she gets really 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 angry she like breaks out in hives she probably doesn't like that i'm saying this but she'll get she'll break out in hives in her chest and in her face we won't tell her you did and you can tell her you, you can you can tell her face was just hot and you know she she started crying because she was she couldn't really say anything she was trying to get words out and she couldn't and you could tell she was just angry and then she told she just asked me why haven't you said anything and i told her i said well you know i didn't want to get in trouble he told me i would get in trouble and then she just she she stayed quiet for a long time she stayed quiet for a long time and and i didn't hear what she had to say but i heard later on about the stuff that she did have to say and my mom my mom was, I mean, she was looking for hitmans. She was, she was out for blood, <laughs> to be honest. She was asking people. She was, she was setting stuff up. How about Brenda and <clears throat> Eddie? What was Brenda? First tell me Brenda. I already know Eddie went. I don't, crazy. I don't, I don't, I don't think she, I wasn't there when she found out, but um, she was really quiet too. Um, she was really angry and really quiet. I, uh, my family, I love my family so much. They probably understood that, you know, I was in a really hard spot and they didn't want to put anything else on me. Yeah. My brother went ape. Yeah, I know. I know, <laughs> he went, I know Eddie did. Eddie went, burned down his truck. Yeah, he went. Eddie went to his house and burned did. down his truck. He did. He did. Yeah, he went. He went ape. You know, yeah. 
and and those that do not know Eric Eddie, I call him Eddie. But yeah, Eddie is Eddie is like the nicest person. He really is. And then the other side is like the devil. Like this guy <laughs> is like, there's no gray zone. He's no. either the nicest person on planet Earth, or he's the most fucking dangerous person. Yeah, pretty like, much. There's no gray zone at pretty all. Much. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when you know, I didn't even find out about this to way after all this. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I didn't know any of this yeah. until um, I'm trying to think. I think like five years ago, yeah. six years ago. This is recent to me. This is all new to me. Yeah. It. it I I think the for me it got worse after I. Well, let me say this. It got worse before it got better. Um, because after that we just kind of cut off all all ties and all connections with him. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't speak about him. Nothing. That was it. And then there was a time in my life where I felt like mm, I felt guilty for not pressing charges because I felt like he was still having access to people, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's not right. I, I didn't care to press charges for me because I, I just I don't want to hurt anyone. If you're wrong, if you're if you did something wrong and you're sorry for it, that's fine. I believe that everyone has a chance at redemption. But what I couldn't live with was the idea of him having access to other kids, right? Yeah. So that's when, for me, one day I was like, I want to press charges. And the trial process was the most, I mean, gruesome, horrible experience of my life, to be honest. I mean, because it's so... Share that. Go into detail about that. Because you said that to me once already, and I don't quite understand (laughs) why it was so bad. Well, it went on for about two and a half years. Um, the whole because I was the one pressing charges. The whole case was going off of my testimony. Um, to to, cr- and it's hard when it's a sexual abuse case because it's going to be a bunch of hearsay. So the only thing you can really do to help your case is to try to get more witnesses. Um, so there was. You know, when when I started to press charges, there was other family members that had come forward that had the same had encountered the same. It was like three or four different girls, right? Yeah. Um, and so we I had asked them if they wanted to press charges with me and then it would it would it would make the case stronger. So it was about two and a half years. And it's overwhelming because you're having to go into gruesome. I mean, like gruesome detail about every account that you can remember to a bunch of different people that you don't know. I mean, there's detectives, there's your DA, there's like, there are people that are questioning and then you get subpoenaed to go to court and then you have to get mentally ready to see this person. Yeah, during that time, did you kind of like, man, I kind of regret even pressing charges? I didn't regret it. Um, actually, I think the fact that I had people that wanted to press charges with me on my case i think that helped me uh be strong because i wanted to win it for them not really not necessarily win it for me Mm. um but it it was hard i remember i went through like a really hard depression like those two years it was like in the middle of high school i didn't want to get up i would pretend to get ready to go to school and then i would just get back in bed and my brother would like call me in, call into school and just say that I was sick that day. And it was just hard because you have people looking at you. You have these girls that you know have gone through the same thing. 
and you feeling all this pressure to want justice to be served on their behalf. And then, um, you know, stuff was going on with family that I, I know people were saying stuff about me. And I know they were, you know, smearing my name, but I get it at that point. It's a he said, she said thing, right? So he's going to want to say that everything he can to smear my credibility. So I'm getting hits from like different angles and stuff. And then I finally went and testified. And then the whole testimony thing is hard because you've got people like cross-examining you. You've got a panel of like 12 strangers that you're having to prove your story to. And you're being really vulnerable and you're being really like graphic about everything. And then you've got people that are trying to discredit your your story. And then you start feeling crazy. Like I remember one time I had to do a phone call, wired phone call to him. And I remember I started getting really angry because my detective told me if you can get some type of apology from him, that can that is technically a confession. And I kept trying to get him to say sorry. And he kept going around this whole loop. And I remember I just freaked out and I said, stop making me feel like I'm crazy. I know I'm not crazy before before me and before God, you know exactly what you did. And I was just hard because you're like, dude, I'm. I'm literally like bearing my whole soul here and people are still saying, yeah, well, maybe not. Well, are you sure? And I don't know. It was hard. We ended up losing the case because there was one juror who wasn't fully convinced of all the testimonies and we had to do a mistrial. I was prepared for the mistrial. I was like, okay, let's do it. And a mistrial is you have to do the whole process all over again with a new jury. Um, but there were people in, you know, the, the girls that were, um, what, from what I was told from my DA, when it came to a mistrial and she asked us all if we wanted to do it again, I was the only one that said I wanted to do it again. But my testimony wasn't strong enough by itself because it is a he said, she said. So they had to drop the case and leave it at that. He had He got time served and that was it. You know, his time served was the he was locked up during the the whole trial. So, I uh, I was sad that we lost, but I was sad that we lost because I felt like I had let down the girls that had pressed charges with me. Yeah. But you know, that's why I say it got worse before it got better. But eventually, it got better. Your relationship <laughs> with those girls get better or worse after this i think it just kind of became whatever i mean i didn't talk to them and i didn't it's not that i didn't talk to them because i didn't want to i just felt so much guilt you know i felt a lot of guilt um but i yeah i things are better now <laughs> I'm only crying. I don't know why I'm crying, to be honest. I, I tell my story all the time. It's not anything new to me because I feel like. Yeah. Why is it so important for you to share your story to you? Well, I find for me, sharing my story is empowering to me because I feel like secrets is what kept me captive for a long time. Yeah. Um, keeping quiet about it is what fed the abuse. And I. To this day, I'll be I'll answer what any question you want and I'll be an open book and I'll share whatever because 
you can't ha- you can't hold anything over me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me... When you started talking about it, did you ever feel like, oh, the way people are going to look at you, like, oh, they're going to look at me with petty or they're going to think a certain way about me or they're going to judge me or they... Did you ever... Did that ever cross your mind? Um, For a minute, yeah, it did. Did it stop you at the no. beginning? When it crossed your mind, did it kind of hesitate you? Uh, it did, I did. It made me hesitate. you? It made me hesitant. And I think it's because, too, I think now... If I talk about it, I don't want people to necessarily look at me as what I encountered. I I understand yeah. that I was just crying. I get that. <laughs> it's a real thing. Um, but, you know, just because something hurts me or just because I encountered some type of abuse, it doesn't define me. Yeah. I'm the one defining my life, right? Yeah. So, I, love I love how you said that. Yeah. So it's just I was hesitant at first. I think when when I was going through my court case, I had a core of five friends in high school that knew about what was going on, and that was it. And I wasn't a part of that. No. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you messed up. Not playing. No, uh, no, nah, nah, it's it's crazy. The reason why I bring that up is I feel people can learn so much from this, right? Mm-hmm. And and like like I'm gonna come back to like my story, me sharing me all my vulnerable spots in my life. Yeah really connect me with a lot of people and yeah. a lot of people share their stories with me and it kind of gives them that that outlet of that they don't have people yeah. people don't come out and talk about certain things because they feel like they're going to be judged and they're right. going to be this and that right so when they hear somebody that's doing live through the same thing they have they're most likely to share that with them exactly you know what i mean well so, i tell people i'm an open book because you don't know who needs to hear your story exactly yep and it's just that's really all it is yep. and if i had to go through something like that so that i can show that it's possible to survive it and exactly and, and live through it and, then and that's become okay. out of it strong yeah. yeah yep i agree i agree and uh, and that's how it is with most of the things some people yeah. won't connect with this but then you have two three people that really will and they'll hit home yeah uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, it yeah. means a lot. Another thing that is very important out of this that I think is very important, like how we started in the beginning, uh, I always think of it like sports for some reason. Yeah. But <laughs> people are going to laugh at me about this, but everyone has their, their role of yeah. whatever they're going to do in, in life, whatever right. it is it may be. And in, in this in this place, not everyone's going to be the Michael Jordan of the team. You know right. what I mean? Everyone's going to have a, some, some some sort of role. I feel like on social media and people are seeing everyone's trying to be mm-hmm. that Michael Jordan in life mm-hmm. when they don't need a Michael Jordan. Sometimes they may, may be a Scottie Pippen or, yeah. you know, something else a that's going to play the role in life. Mm-hmm. This is the game of life and now play your role. Yeah. Uh, and your role may be impacting, uh, impacting lives in, in this way, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? This avenue. And that's your calling. So quit trying to be something. Right that's not you just for money right you know what i'm saying right and that's what i that's the kind of aspect the way i'm looking at it and that reason why i really like this besides the crazy story that you have yeah um let's get into boxing now let's change it up <laughs> okay How, how'd you get into boxing why'd you want to do this how you like it talk to me about the gym okay well i think first of all growing up i think there was only like what one or two girl cousins that i was around a lot growing up i was usually i feel like i always was around a bunch of boy cousins which yeah. was you and like Ulises and cry. all of them 
Don't cry. <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was always really aggressive growing up, especially and, with my and brother. And Dina hits like a dude. <laughs> For real, <laughs> Dina is hella strong like a dude. If you guys ever like, like watch your shadow box or hit the bag. I'm telling you, Dina hits like a fucking man. <laughs> that sounds so like intense. It, it sounds bad, but you do. You're not your typical girl. <laughs> well, uh, I, I did kickboxing for a little bit. Uh, you know, I think it was like my senior year or something like that. And I loved it. I loved the aggression of it. I loved, even when I played soccer, I was a defender. And I mean, I was, I was going for girls, dude. I was like, and same thing with basketball. I played basketball and I used to get fouled out almost every other game because first of all, in basketball, everything's a freaking foul. Yeah. I mean, you barely touch someone on the wrist as a foul. But for me, every sport that I played, I was always very aggressive. So I got into kickboxing for a little bit. I loved it. And then I just kind of stopped doing it. Well, then when I heard that you were going to open up a gym, mm. well, and then too, in the family, you were always the boxer. Yeah. It was uh, like, you know, you were always the one doing the boxing and everything. So mm. when I and found then, out. And then, and then before that, for the record, people don't believe that Bobby Jackson's always been my favorite player. Yes. Okay. okay. You know what? If you guys heard Bobby the, the podcast and, you know, Jose talks about the first time you met Bobby Jackson was at Denny's. I was with him when we saw Bobby yeah, Jackson at Denny's. Right. Yeah, I was with and Dina. he was so like starstruck the fact that bobby jackson had just walked in he made me go with him to the table and he made me ask bobby for an autograph he was gonna ask him i remember jose was about to ask him and then he looked at me he goes you ask him you ask him you ask him and bobby's like ask me what and i said can we have your autograph (laughs) (laughs) yeah so no but anyway no but people don't really people think i've had people (laughs) tell me this you only say you like bobby because he's in your gym but i'm dead serious yeah i've always loved i validate it i validate (laughs) it keep going so you got into boxing because uh well i heard that you were gonna open up your gym Mm -hmm. and i was like oh i love it i'm down i want to do it like it's just something that i've always loved doing it and then the moment i the moment i came in this gym it felt natural to like just be aggressive and and hit stuff and i'm i'm also a competitive person so you know she sucks at uh, mortal kombat though shut up <laughs> anything she plays against me she loses <laughs> omg wow yeah so i don't know it's just the for me it's i, I with every time I hit a bag or I hit the mitt or something, I want I want that next hit to be harder. You mm. know, even if I'm in the ring. Now, I'm not the best person to spar because I gas out so fast and I get that. And But honestly, Dina, you would be really good. The problem is I, you're stopping yourself. I know. Does that sound like life? Uh, that yeah. sounds like life. Huh? You're yeah. stopping yourself. Definitely. Because it's you. I told you this a lot of times. Yeah. I even told Eddie this. I had a full-on conversation with your brother about you <laughs> oh, geez. and i'm like bro dina is very talented in very in a lot of different ways and in the gym she's very talented like you would do really good thanks but you're stopping yourself <laughs> i know you can't let the dutch bros down you can't <laughs> you can't dedicate yourself to running uh, but i'm telling you if you put your discipline behind it yeah you would do really good in boxing and the reason why i say that is if you did the same in life right You'd be doing the same. And you are. You could do it. Look, like right now you're doing great Yeah. with doing the bare minimum. Yeah. Now imagine if you went hard at it where you would be. Yeah. I'm telling you. I know. I I know. I'm telling you. It's not that I don't know. I just. It's hard. It it is hard. Yeah. It is hard. Dutch Bros is fire, bro. I agree. I'm drinking it right (laughs) now. And to be honest, I hate running. I hate running so much. you love sugar. I love sugar. 
I loved, I, I think one time we were, we were at the gym, we had just finished a class and I was like, I'm about to go get some donuts. And you're like, you really telling me you're going to go get donuts after a class? I said, I only come to the gym so I can eat what I yeah. want. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't come to the gym. I just come so that I don't look like I eat or I don't look right. like what and, I eat. <laughs> what does that sound like? I, I compare it to life. What does that sound like? It that, sounds that, mediocre. That no, it sounds like this. This is what it sounds like to me. It sounds like I only go to work, so I'm not broke. Right. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to do nothing else in life. I'm just trying to have right. a paycheck. Okay, but that, it sounds identical. Listen, it sounds I get identical. that. I get that. But my journey with boxing is not the same with my life. No, but <laughs> the, the reason why I say that is I feel people think I'm crazy, but I know so much from people just by watching them box. I swear. Oh, yeah. I watch them train, and I watch how they are and how they work and er the work ethic and their, their discipline, the way they listen, the way they train, and it tells me everything of how they are in life. Mm -hmm. And yet, to this day, I have yet to see it not be right. Because yeah. whatever they're like in the gym, their personal life is mere image of what they are in the gym. Mere yeah. image. Yeah. Mere. If they're not consistent in the gym, they're most likely not consistent chasing their goals outside of life. Mm -hmm. If they're not disciplined in the gym, they're most likely not disciplined. Mm -hmm. If they're hardworking in the gym, they're most likely hardworking in life. Yeah. It's weird as fuck and people think I'm crazy, but it's very true. Yeah. And that's why I said that. What you said right there is very, is mere image to life to me. Yeah. And... That's why I try to use boxing as a tool yeah. to people connect them with themselves, see what they're like, yeah. and then fix it, and then go on with life, and boom, yeah. kill it. You I, know what I'm saying? I love boxing because of how honest it keeps you. Yeah, it keeps you honest. You, you, can't, can't, you can't lie, no. bro. You can't lie. You can say you've been running, get in exactly. the ring, get your ass kicked. No, bro, you have not been running. And the combos and the way you throw and the way that you're standing, I mean, yeah. it's all going to expose you. Not, I mean, you can say anything you want, but the moment you start displaying it, that's when the mm -hmm. truth comes out, and you're yeah. like, okay, well. Quit lying. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Exactly. Next. Hey, uh, Dina has a funny story that she told me, and I, I wanted to share this story. Oh, jeez. I don't even she remember. She was training, and those that have not hit mitts with me, <laughs> and, like, you're already laughing, <laughs> I smacked the shit out of you when we hit mitts. I okay. Just, that's just that how the, I am. Hold on. There's a disclaimer, though. I feel like you hit people that are your family harder than the people that are just what here. What do you mean disclaimer? No, uh, listen. Me, even me and Kelly talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Even me and Kelly talked about it. No, I hit the <laughs> shit out of everybody. If if you're if I'm holding mitts with you, and you are giving me, I, I, the, I this is how I hold mitts. I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain to people. <laughs> I I act like I'm your opponent. So uh -huh. I want you to see uh, the way I'm coming at you. I act like what an opponent would be trying to hit you with. Like right. If they're trying to hit you with a body shot. That's where I would be going. That's right. where I'm hitting you. Trying to kind of prep you on the defensive side. Yeah. I'm not just sitting there letting you just throw, throw, throw and make you feel good. Motherfucker, I want you to be ready because <laughs> they're going to hit yeah. your ass back. Yeah. So if the shot's there, if you're giving me your left cheek, I guess what? I'm going to hit your <laughs> left cheek as hard as I can. <laughs> I can't stand you. And I smack them. <laughs> pop. And, and, and I'm telling you, 80% of the time, their defense gets way better because yeah. they ain't trying to get smacked again. Yep. And, um. It's funny that you said that, but it's not true. See, you heard Ricky <laughs> right now. Ricky even said, no, he hit me too. <laughs> but, so, yeah, keep going your story. I smacked you one time. Hey, Mitch, we right? were tell in me, the ring. Tell the story. Tell we the were story. in the ring doing mitt work, okay? And it was a combination of you hitting me hard and my <laughs> ego getting 
shot. So we were in the ring hitting mitts and it's, you know, the whole class is here, right? And you're hitting, first of all, he starts hitting me hard and I'm like getting frustrated. And the most frustrating part is when you can, when Jose knows that you're getting gassed out, he's not going to let you gas out. He's going to like take advantage of the fact that you're gassing out. And I get it. It's a tactic to push you, right? Because you know that there's more in the tank. But he just started like going ham on me with the mitts and I was getting started getting so mad and there's people watching because they can see that he is hitting me hard with these stupid no, mitts. I'm not hitting you Listen to me. So then finally <laughs> we were done. <laughs> we were done with the mitt work. I usually when I leave the gym, I'll hang out, I'll talk, you know, I'll take my time leaving. And then that time I just, I got my bag and I left. I was so mad. I was mad. And then later on that night, I stopped by my mom's house for something. And she could tell that I was angry. She goes, what the heck's wrong with you? I said, Jose, freaking take me off at the gym. And she's like, why? She's like, because he was hitting me freaking hard with the stupid mids. I'm trying to do mid work and he's hitting me hard. And my mom was like, oh my gosh, be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was hella weak. Oh, I'll never forget that. I love you, Thea. <laughs> so shut up. That was my whole life. If I went uh, to my mom and cried, oh Jose hit me. She goes, You already know that's how they play, then don't play with them. Yeah, get used to it. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna uh start asking you random stuff. Okay. Uh but first before I ask you random stuff, I wanna ask you if you have a girl uh-huh. or a boy, anybody uh-huh. that's dealt with the same thing that you dealt with and they're having a hard time kinda getting out, telling the world what this abuse that's going on with them mm-hmm. what what kind of tips what would you tell them what would you tell them to um motivate them or encourage them to be strong and that they could do it what would you tell them dina i think uh i would tell them that they're stronger than what they think they are they can handle a lot more than they think that they can um and i think that your freedom is worth it to be honest I mean, even if let's say like you've gone through it and right now, let's say you've gone through it and you, you escaped it and you just haven't said anything that secret is can slowly kill you, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that your freedom is, is worth it. Your, your mental freedom, your spiritual freedom, all that is always going to be worth it. And you never really know who needs to see you walk through a trial. You just don't. You know, I, you know, the world is full of crappy things and people and with any ray of hope that you can get through something and that you can survive it, I think the world needs it. So I think people, maybe, maybe someone needs to see you walk through this trial and come stronger out on the other end. And to be honest, do it for yourself. You deserve to be, to be free from all that mess i love it that's a good tip yeah thank you dina thank you all right uh next one what is your favorite restaurant in sacramento or in this area it doesn't have to be sacramento in this area what's your favorite restaurant oh my favorite restaurant yeah you can't think about it that long just say whatever you like to eat where you go eat Favorite spot? Go, go, go. Oh, uh, well, I, I, favorite I, restaurant. My, my favorite spot that I like to eat all the time is like this taco truck that's off of what? A what and antelope? Tacos uh, del Rey? Yes. Tacos yeah. del Rey. Yeah, Tacos del Rey. Oh, okay. my gosh. Dude, like they're them and then the taco truck that's like off Natomas. Over there by like. Um, uh, tacos del Paisano. I mean, uh, 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 Patingan. I don't know. Wait, Natomas on Northgate? 
Yeah, off the north, off the north gate. Oh, exit. La Piedad. Maybe. La Piedad. Michoacan. Those two. I mean, those. I'll go out of my way to go get those tacos like all the time. Your sister really likes the one on Greenback. I know. She keeps telling me about that place, and I still haven't gone. And I tried to go with her, but we went and it was closed. So I was like, yeah, dang. they're they're actually from where we're from in Michoacan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tierra Caliente is uh, the tacos Tierra Caliente. I forgot what it's called, but it's on it's on Greenback. Um, all right, next one. Well, tell me something about Dina that no one really knows, just you. Uh, I can say something about Dina nobody really knows. What? But I, I'll tell. I'll share mine. You you start. Dang, I don't really. I don't really know if no one knows anything about. Don't make me bust you out, Dina. I'll bust you. What? Out right now. What are you gonna bust out? All right, I'll share something about Dina and not oh, many geez. people know. Remember Dina when you was little? I think you still, AIS probably still does it. You will laugh and your nostrils. <laughs> I can't stand you. Your nostrils will vibrate. Oh, bro, I would, I would get on her helmet about that. Okay, you know what you used to do too as a kid <laughs> oh, though? Shit. And my brother cut, and I were talking cut, about cut, it. Cut. We're like, you used to always do this weird like moan thing. You used to be like, mm. Like almost bro. like you were pushing something out, or I don't bro. know. We were like, hey, and one time you I, I even asked that. you, that was me choking your asses out. <laughs> oh, no, shut up! We'd be sitting playing video games, and you'd be like, mm-hmm. really? Yes. And one time I asked you, you said, "Why you?" No, I even confirmed. I said, "Why you moan like that?" And you were like, "What? Do what?" I said, "That what you just did." And you're like, "I'm not doing anything." <laughs> and you used to do it all the time. You don't do it anymore. But there was a whole season where you'd be sitting, there, you'd be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "I was like, what?" I, you. <laughs> I would not Fuck you Ricky <laughs> I'm trying to think of that But I asked my brother Because I even brought it up to I said Do you remember when Jose Used to do that weird Moaning thing all the time <laughs> Maybe I was imagining Something else Oh baby. I don't It didn't yeah. sound like it <laughs> so Maybe you're imagining Trying to get something Out of your system I don't know Nah 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 <laughs> Not that Nah I'm playing um, I was going to say Something else Oh anything else You want to add To this Um. Before we end it by the for the record, that's gonna get cut out. So no one's ever gonna. Know I'm dead. <laughs> Nothing really. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's it. I mean, thank you for I, for for having me. I appreciate it. No I, problem. For me, I think this was huge. I think this is like the first time, you know family has asked me to speak about like my story so and can i say too when i speak about my story it's not to crap on anyone else like i'm not speaking on my story to try to smear anyone else's name like i said earlier i believe everyone can have access to redemption so you know I don't I don't wish any ill will on anyone who has done me wrong or anything in life my honestly to be honest i just i hope and i pray that they become a better person and that their life becomes better because i think we all need to be better people in the world (laughs) so you know just because i shared my story i'm not trying to speak ill on anybody that's not that's not what i want you know that's not what i you know oh dear dina talked about no i'm this is my story and you know my story i only speak about it so that i can try and help someone else not so i can smear someone else's name i can care less about all that but that's it cool yep well that's it well thank <laughs> you guys for uh how can we connect with dina Where, where's dina at oh i'm on instagram um all the damn time <laughs> pretty much i'm telling you when i'm an open book i'm an open book uh, right you can know my whole life on instagram the bad thing about dina if you're around her <laughs> 
and you doing some. Her punk ass is probably recording you on Insta <laughs> Snap. So you got to be on your toes with your some ass, kind of filter. Yeah, some sort of filter. You looking like a donkey. You got big eyes. Something's going on with you. I'm dead. And then she just laughs. It's yeah, so funny. You're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so what's your Instagram handle? Instagram at Dina dot K. So at D I N A dot K A E. Okay. Or if you want to search my name on Instagram, it's just Dina Morales Andrade. So that's it. All right. Um, well, thank you guys for listening. If mm-hmm. you get anything from this podcast or you know anyone that probably would benefit from it, share it, post it, let us know, send us a message, tell me mm-hmm. what you think of it. Mm-hmm. And thank you for listening. We out. Peace out.